0: Back on the Boxman podcast uh, to definitively settle another non essential sports debate. Our subject today, not at all surprisingly, is the Bulls dynasty of the 90s. Everyone is watching The Last Dance right now, so you know that we have to talk about the six time NBA champ, Chicago Bulls. Uh, I feel like we are all either learning or maybe relearning. Exactly how that team functioned around Michael Jordan. There's no question that he was at the top of the hierarchy, at the absolute top of the pyramid for that team. But today we're talking about who was the second most important member of the Bulls dynasty. Uh, Yahoo! NBA reporter Sirat Sohi is going to argue on behalf of Scottie Pippen. He's an NBA Hall of Famer, Mm -hmm. seven-time All-NBA player. He's got a pretty good case here. She is opposed by Yahoo! Zach Schwartz, who is arguing in support of head coach Phil Jackson. He's an 11-time NBA champ. That's pretty good. There's a pretty good argument there, too. Two pretty good resumes here. Uh, I will mediate this debate. I am uh, Yahoo's foremost Bulls scholar, Andy Barons. We might have had Vincent Goodwill do this, but um, frankly, he's corrupt. He can't be trusted to do it. Uh, Vincent <laughs> is uh, a flagrant Detroit fan. Uh, can't be trusted here at all. So, the responsibility falls to me. Um, I will now hear opening statements. Let's begin with uh, let's begin with someone who is dressed more than appropriately, dressed as a legal counselor. Let's let's start with Zach. Let's legal the case for Phil.
1: Legal counselor, NBA coach, you know whatever you, whatever <laughs> any, any of it works. Uh, I'll, I'm going to lead off with this. How what more do I need to say than the fact that how many rings did Michael win without Phil? How many rings did Scotty win without Phil? And even stepping back, how many rings did Kobe get without Phil? That answer is zero. And I think it's important to recognize that the man who pulled all the strings, put the systems in place that helped Jordan finally get over the hill and get that ring, is Phil Jackson. It's a it's
0: a compelling it's a compelling opening case, Surat. Uh what is the uh what is the initial argument for
2: Scotty? The the guy is the guy ended up naming sidekicks like what do you what do you call the guy who is anybody's number two you call him their <laughs> scotty pippen in any debate when you're talking about who's the most important if something is named after that person they kind of win that one i think that's the best argument there is for scotty pippen he is that's actually the original scotty he's the original <laughs> Pippin. <laughs>
1: The, the comic nerd in me takes a little offense to you just choosing to gl- like gloss over Robin in this.
2: He replaced Robin. <laughs> he, did, he, <laughs> he may, replaced have, he may Robin. have replaced Robin. He replaced Robin. an iconic superhero.
1: The fact that Phil was able to manage Michael's ego, the chaos that came with Rodman when he showed up, he was able to manage, as we saw in the doc, for almost his whole career with the Bulls, Scotty being grossly underpaid and still keeping Scotty happy, you know, that's the Zen master. That's the Zen master Mm -hmm. in a nutshell, taking care of business and taking care of that team. He's also the only coach that's won 70 games and won a championship, still is. So, uh, you know, I I think he's uh, a remarkable, remarkable coach, so...
0: Yeah, let me, throw, let me throw this out there. The, um, as someone who uh, was a Chicago resident during the dynasty years, um, the, I will tell you the, the absolute classic sports radio argument that would break out pretty much every summer um, around the 90s Bulls was uh, the idea that perhaps you could have replaced Scotty with, like, name your, name your all-star wingman from the, um, from the 1990s, whether it's, like, Glenn Rice, Reggie Miller. This was the argument that people were making all the time. Um, you know, uh, meathead callers would say, yeah, you could replace him with Reggie and they would still win the six titles. Um, where do you guys, where do you guys fall on that?
1: Oh, well, I, I think if you replace him with Reggie, they win even more games. I think, uh, you know, there's there, I love Scottie Pippen and I think he's a great basketball player and he's one of the best, uh, of all time deserves to be in that top 50 conversation. But there are, there are 50 guys in there and there's some other guys you could go pluck out that maybe could fit in. Or guys behind him that you pluck out and suddenly they get to play with Jordan. We've seen it with other superstar guys where they LeBron builds his super team and some of those guys take a slightly lesser role. They win those titles. I just think they're plug-and-play guys that you could have grabbed.
2: You know what happens if a guy like Reggie, though, ends up being Jordan's sidekick? Is Jordan has to now guard the best player all the time. There are plenty of players who would have won with Jordan. Jordan's probably the best player of all time, Right. But at the same time, Scotty was the perfect complement to him. And I think we saw it in the last season with Scotty out, you know, Jordan ends up, first of all, they get off to a horrible start to the season, at least for a championship team. And then all of a sudden, Jordan at 35 years old or 34 at the start of that season ends up having to to pump the accelerator and he's exhausted. And I think that period right there shows you how important Scotty is because he can replace a lot of the things that Jordan does. To the point that it allows him to then not really have to completely exhaust himself. And, and the Bulls still win a ton of games. So, Scotty not only, you know, helped Jordan win those six rings, but also probably, you know, we, we we see all this stuff about the Warriors, right? If you want to win a lot, it's a war of attrition. It's really more about managing your body than anything else. And Scotty was the best guy to take the load off of off of Michael, I think, for his career. He probably... You know, when we talk about Jordan finding a new gear, I don't know if he always is able to consistently find that new gear if he has other teammates that he probably has to pick up a lot more of the slack for. The fact that he was a perimeter player helped, I think, a lot.
0: Yeah, this is a good point. Scotty also, uh, I believe Scotty in the the first title run, uh, picked up Magic Johnson and it completely flipped the series as well.
2: I don't think Reggie's doing that. I like Reggie a lot, but...
0: For sure, hundred percent, Reggie. <laughs> Reggie is absolutely not doing
1: that. Reggie may not be doing that, but you know who puts Scottie Pippen in that place to do that and makes that decision, makes that call to flip him? That's Phil Jackson. That's Phil Jackson pulling those strings. That's Phil Jackson who went on to win five more rings after having Michael and Scotty. That's Phil Jackson. That's Phil Jackson's uh, doing, and that's him in his design. So I, I think without Phil seeing some of these things, saying, hey, we got to put this guy in this spot. It never gets done.
0: That's some really good big city lawyer in from Zach right there.
2: That's Phil Jackson, who also called Scotty the second best player in the NBA at the time.
1: You know, like I said, Phil had to keep Scotty happy. He wasn't getting paid. So you got to say nice things about that guy to fill him up emotionally (laughs) when the bank account isn't really as as full.
2: Yeah, I don't know why Krause or Reinsdorf could never pick up that piece of advice.
0: (laughs) Totally, totally separate discussion, um, an absolute tangent. But the idea that Reinsdorf would never renegotiate a contract when it was available to him as a tool and and everybody's just fine with it. Like Jordan's just like, yeah, well, that was his role. So we had to play. But like, that's crazy to me. That's absolutely crazy to me.
2: Well, Jordan was fine with it because Jordan was the one guy who renegotiated a
1: contract. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. Based on where we're at in the actual uh, documentary right now, we're like we're like midway through the '97 '98 season. Scotty hasn't yet played, um, delayed his surgery, and setting up what is honestly the best line of the. Like we're not going to get a better line out of this documentary than I'm not going
1: to my summer up. That's really
0: good. That's about as good as it's (laughs) going to get. Um, the team has started 12 and nine, right? So, uh, how, how does that, how does that shape your opinion on the relative importance of both Phil and Scotty?
2: Well, to me, it shows, that you know, despite how talented they were without one of their key cogs, they were struggling, you know, and without, well, I mean, that's going to happen all the time, but you can take it back to the time that Scotty played without Jordan. they They were still a great team. They weren't a championship team, but you know, that, that time showed that they were both very important. And it was just a reversal of that. You know, Jordan without Pippen was still a fantastic player, still the best player in the league. But he couldn't consistently carry the load.
1: What do you think, Zach? You know, one of the biggest takeaways I've had from this documentary has been the fact that a lot of the other people, not Scotty Pippen, I'm not here to bash Scotty Pippen, I'm here to argue the merits of Phil Jackson, that a lot of the other people on that team were not very good. Watching Steve Kerr sprint around, it was like, oh my God, he's like, it looks like he's like a buck 30 soaking wet. Like that's, to get that guy numerous rings, to get some of these players that were on this team in the positions that they were in to succeed is mind boggling to me. And I... I don't know, like Michael is amazing and the, the team that they ended up building around him was good and the trades they made were good. But, oh my God, the, like the center play that they had, the guards that they had weren't exactly blowing your hair back. So I just, uh, I, that's the biggest takeaway I've had was he gave me another appreciation for the scheme and the system that they ended up developing there in Chicago.
2: Man, put some respect on Ron Harper's name here.
1: Oh, Ron Harper was the. Thank you. <laughs> watching it. Ew, what do you mean what?
2: they don't have guard play?
1: Watching it and watching you got Michael. Yeah, coach. Oh. And you also
2: got you don't don't even want to mention don't even want to mention uh, Dennis Rodman who was a number three there. This is also like a testament to to Steve Kerr's marketing, by the way. Like he is <laughs> he is the fourth bull on the Last Dance logo. <laughs> it's just like, guys, what are we doing here? <laughs> Anyway, that's. That is, I feel like that's, that's a funny. really good point.
0: Like, how can he possibly like? How is he looking at that at that logo and, and thinking, "Yeah, that should be me and not Tony." Yeah, that should be me and not Harp.
2: Well, the I think the original picture had had Tony in it. Who, I, who we ha- we haven't heard from in the in the documentary yet. Interestingly, uh, but the point is, he had an extremely strong team. The Bulls were stacked. They, two two years before that, they won seventy two games and won a championship, and it was largely the same squad. Granted, a little bit of wear and tear, but you know these guys, these guys were built to win. It was a team of veterans. Like I, I understand that you know Scotty's Scotty had some had some issues that they had to massage over. Obviously, Dennis Rodman requires a little bit of puppeteering as well. And and I want to credit Phil. Phil did an excellent job. But you're only ever as good as the ingredients that you cook with for any coach. You know there isn't there isn't a coach in the league that can take Bad talent and make it good. A good coach maximizes out at getting you an eight seed. You know, it's like the Brooklyn Nets getting you an eight seed and making a fun little cute showing in the first round. But great players without a great coach can take you almost all the way. Like I don't, I don't think you, I don't think you win the finals without a competent coach. But you don't even sniff them if you don't have the right players. And that's just the bottom line of it. This is like this is the NBA in any situation. Regardless of who it is, like if Scotty could be Scotty could have been seventy five percent of what Scotty was, and he would mm. still be more important than Phil Jackson because that's just the reality of basketball, of any sport really. Your know, coaching is important, but especially in basketball. It's an, it's five guys on the court, they have so much control over what's going on. If you're as athletic as him, as intelligent as him, as as puts in puts in the effort the way that he does on, on, on defense. You're just going to have a head start. You can't really coach a guy into, into being all the things that Scotty was, or especially all the things that Jordan was.
0: How many of Phil's contemporaries do you think, uh, as coaches, could have also led the Bulls to six titles?
2: I mean, it's hard to say six, right? Like That's, that's uh, probably, at the time, only, only Phil. But you know, at the time, uh, Gre- Greg Popovich was not a head coach in the NBA. But, you know, I think it would have been different. I think it would have, like, just because of butterfly effect and, and whatnot. But I think they probably win four or five, you know? I don't think they three-peat without Phil. I think that he he kind of laid things out in a way that allowed them to tolerate each other for as long as they could, right? Um, but I think, you know, they definitely win a couple rings. I don't know how many, but... If you, if you flip it and Scotty's off the team, I think you can make a similar argument.
1: I think if, uh, I think Pat is probably the only coach in the league at that time that could get them any championship. I don't think George Carl, who got the Sonics to, I believe it was when they got the Sonics to the finals. I don't think he's getting it done. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I think Phil is kind of the only guy that can massage and deal with certain guys' egos as well as he does. And we saw that when he went to the Lakers. I want to step back, though, because Scotty's, let's just talk about, if if we're arguing how good Scotty is, which he was, the numbers that he put up as soon as he left Phil, as soon as he left Michael, he, he averaged, what is it, 14.5, uh, 14.5 points a game the season after he lost Michael, uh, I and that's, you know, he's 33, so obviously the wheels are gonna come off, but... You know, losing five points a game when you're suddenly supposed to become the guy after only playing half a season the season before, not great. And then the next season after that, he goes to Portland, twelve point five, and we begin to dwindle down to five point nine, where he wraps up his career at age thirty eight, which an incredible career. But those Portland years, I you know, I grew up in Seattle, watched a lot of Pacific Northwest basketball at the time. I had like. Grew up a big Detlef shrimp fan, so watching him run on those Portland teams and trying to get that title, we were all very excited in Seattle for him. Watching Scotty on that team, he was just a shell of himself, and so maybe that's a bit of this. But without Jordan, without Phil, the numbers just weren't there.
2: First of all, well, the uh, Parks and Rec superstar Tell Detlef yes. to you, sir. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and also, this, and we're talking it back I mean he was definitely done by then I think I think it was I think it was pretty obvious that he was done by then if you want to look though at what he what he was without Jordan I think it's better to look at at how he fared in his prime when Jordan retired for two years he immediately adjusts and averages 22 uh, 22 points per season the first year after like not really expecting that that's a role that he would be in I think that's a big part of this like to go from being the number two to suddenly being the number one and excelling at it the way that he did, you could tell that, you know, he was, he was made to be that kind of player. You know, he, ne- he wasn't necessarily the guy that was, you know, born to close out games. And that's probably why Phil Jackson went with, uh, went with Kukoc. And when, uh when Pippen famously sat out in the, in, in uh the final moments of game seven there, but, uh, he kind of he kind of provided everything else that that you could to that team. You know, he was a fantastic rebounder. He picked it up defensively. He averaged five point six assists despite the fact that he lost, you know, his favorite assist man. I think uh I think that speaks to to what he what he was as a as a guy without Jordan more than the years in uh in Portland.
0: Yeah, so Zach, let me get your thoughts on the uh, on the two Jordanless years, mostly Jordanless years, uh, in between the two uh, 3 Pete. So, I think the most impressive thing about that is that they go from like a fifty-seven win team in '93, and then they're 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 like a fifty-five win team that is competing legitimately for a title the following year without Jordan. Um, does that speak more to the job that Phil did or the player that Scottie was?
1: I mean, I think it it's a direct uh, it directly shows how good Phil is that you lose the best player in the history of the nba and you don't really even lose a a step you you get all the way let's see where where was their record at that point um sorry i just had this up yeah you lose you lose jordan and you get to the eastern conference semis without the best player in the history of basketball and just kind of you don't really even miss a beat you, you went you only lose. There's only a two game difference when you lose your best player and the best player on earth. That's that I think speaks to the ability to manage people and to put people in place to succeed. Even even uh even more for that case is the fact that Scotty only averaged 22 a game, which like you need more scoring than that. So someone else was picking up a large portion of the slack. If it's if you're only getting 22 and you lost the best scorer. Uh, you've lost the score in the league and you're only getting 22 from Pippen. Someone else has to come in and pick up the slack. And I think Phil's best ability is to get people to rise to those kind of occasions. And that's the clearest with that 93, 94, and then 94, 95 team.
2: Who could you replace with Pippen that would have basically done the same thing in the league at the time?
1: Hmm. I struggle because so much of what mm, can we just assume that we're gonna pay them? Because Scotty
2: Pippen was the best sidekick of all time. Is no, that no. why you struggle? No, I struggle <laughs> because
1: can we just can we just assume that the person's gonna screw up their contract so badly and just accept peanuts to play for this team? Can like is that fair to like? Oh, we're just gonna <laughs> we're gonna pay this person nothing and they'll be totally cool with it? Can we just run under that guy's or do I have to actually line up contracts because? scotty's greatest
2: like let's say like forget the cap forget the any 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 of the machinations take scotty off the team put somebody else on the team and the rest of the team is the exact same so at
0: various at various points in his career he was uh there was a deal on the table for sean kemp um there was i believe obviously the timing on this would not exactly be right but um there was a jerry kraus was in love with tracy McGrady. um there was constant flirtation around Tracy McGrady. I think there was an Antonio McDice trade discussed at some point that is not one of the major ones that we think about with Scotty, but but Kemp was the big one.
1: Hmm. I'm I'm biased. I'm from Seattle, so I grew up in love with Sean Kemp as well. <laughs> I don't think Sean is going to do the ball handling and assists that made Scotty such a wonderful player. But you know what? You lose Scottie Pippen. You've got the greatest basketball coach of that era right there waiting. He's going to find someone to step up. God, I mean, maybe Steve Kirk can get those assists. I don't really know. You don't know. even
2: believe it. You're like, oh, <laughs> I don't know.
1: I don't know. I
2: guess Phil could do it. <laughs> I don't know
1: if Tracy McGrady works. If you can trade. if you like, I think Scottie Pippen was a big asset. You could have moved for a good player and a, someone else to come in. And I don't know if that necessarily moves the needle enough, but I also think you have the best coach in basketball sitting there and ready to draw and dial stuff up to figure it out.
2: I'm sure Phil would have drawn up a lot of nice alley-oops for Sean Kemp. Um, and maybe, know. you know, I think the, the best reversal of this is the Sonics that are in the finals, right? But yeah. So who knows what happens? So who knows what happens? But, you know, a guy like Sean Kemp and also like Trace McGrady, too, too too young at the time. And also, you know, he didn't really, I don't think he would have wanted to be Vince Carter's number two. I don't, like, I don't really see him wanting to be Jordan's number two either. The the thing that I think I always go back to with Scotty is how good he could have been and how much he was willing to sacrifice his own abilities. And really, like, finding himself as a basketball player, because of Jordan like he spent every every part of every relevant part of his career aside from those two years where Jordan re- Jordan retired he spent alongside him and I think we underrate especially like with a guy who's a fifth pick extremely talented we underrate how much potential he had because like put yourself in the position of actually being Scotty Pippen you gotta wonder what you could, what you've got you know like, you're 6'8", you're, you're the fifth pick, you can jump out of the gym, you have incredible vision, like, you have this natural basketball ability that, in any other situation, should really get to flourish, but has to be contained because of Jordan's presence, and to live with that every day for your entire career, I think, is, is really exceptional. I don't think a lot of guys would be willing to do that.
0: All right, give me closing arguments, anything that you haven't said, any ammunition that you want to throw out there.
2: I'm I'm going to close with my opening argument. Being a sidekick is literally named after Scottie Pippen. Like, <laughs> that's that's it. That's just the whole ballgame, you yeah. know? That's it, that's it. It's, it's the Bill Russell Finals MVP trophy because he was the best winner of all times. Like, Scottie Pippen is, now everybody is somebody else's Pippen. Are you Jordan or are you Pippen? Like, that's, that, to me, kind of opens and closes it.
1: I just want to circle and highlight the fact, again, off of my opening argument, Phil Jackson constantly evolving. Wing got rings elsewhere, proved he could do it with other guys, proved he could do it with just one superstar, really, with that Kobe Powell team.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't think we get that necessarily from Scottie Pippen. I don't think when you step back and look at those Portland Trailblazer teams, You know, granted, he had lost a little bit at that point, but they didn't win a title. You know, they got two pieced by Phil and Kobe and Shaq. And I think the ability for Phil Jackson to not just lead an absolute psychopath and Michael Jordan to titles (laughs) and teach him how to run a team and kind of managing him the right way. And then to leave that team and go to another team, manage completely different egos, have them win three titles, and then a couple years down the road, win two more titles, managing the most Michael-like ego you can have out there, and getting that all done, and managing Ron Artest along the way, Mm -hmm. uh, Rodman along the way. I mean, I just don't know how many people have the hands to touch such a hot stove as Phil Jackson does.
0: i think i've heard enough uh i think i am i think i'm able to uh uh, render judgment on this uh i will start by considering scotty pippen who i who i think is i don't know if he's not the best wing defender in nba history he's really close to it um favorite player of mine for a long time absolutely love him uh 10 time all defensive team seven time all nba i think he's fantastic a couple of good points that were made. One, one of which was um, what happened after the Bulls, uh, uh, and the fact that, the fact that Phil wins five more titles in a somewhat different manner, um, with like two very different looks um, for the teams, is really impressive to me. Scotty, uh, Scotty was the best player on like a fifty-nine win team that didn't win a title. It means something. Um, but where we are in the documentary right now with um, with Scotty just doing almost everything that one can do to detonate a season um, (laughs) versus like the fact that we know that Phil some like this plane is on fire and Phil is going to land the damn thing. And they win a title. Um, that is just staggering to me. So, based on what I've heard, I'm going to give I'm going to give the slightest of edges to Phil Jackson and to Zach in this argument.
2: All right, congratulations. Zach. It hurts
0: me. It hurts me a little bit. I, I, I'm a Scotty guy. Thank you.
1: Guy. I I was worried as you started to make the points about Pippen's contributions. I was very worried. And then when I pulled up this, the actual splits and saw some of the numbers there, I was like, oh god, oh god. But I think. Uh, you know, at the end of all of it, it's that it's that insane ability Phil had to manage some of these people. And I wish I had honestly made that point about Scotty trying to detonate that season. It kind of just I didn't really even quite think about that. but it is it's
0: total recency bias for me because we're actually at a point where Scotty has like in front of the entire Chicago media demanded a trade, which um, I remember it but I don't remember it being this stark and this this just blunt.
1: I uh, It's a good argument as to Phil's ability to kind of manage people and guide them through this as everything's on fire around him and it still you know gets down to the finals and gets a chance to win it.
2: But Phil also, you know, ratcheted up the conflict in that. I know, I, I just can't help myself. <laughs> I know I've already lost. I know I've already lost. <laughs> Phil also ratcheted up the conflict in that situation by turning it into... An us versus them thing when I think he had some opportunities to try to smooth things out, but never really did that because I mean, let's face it, Phil Jackson also has, has a bit of an ego himself too. So, you know, he was just, he was just a lot more, um, well, he's a Zen master and he understands people. He knows how to make his point without having to make it publicly, I think, which is something that Scotty was never quite that good at. Um, and, and it did end, end up almost detonating the team. That's fair. But I think there's a ton of stuff that happened behind the scenes that was also not the most advisable behavior, but because some of the people doing it were just, you know, better at presenting themselves publicly, uh, didn't, didn't get, uh, <laughs> didn't get criticized as much.
0: I also want to give Phil credit for, uh, like, it's unbelievable to me, the fact that they were flirting with Tim Floyd. After a 72 win season in which they won the title, they're like, "Yeah, maybe maybe Tim Floyd's our guy." Uh, and Phil survived that for two more years.
1: I loved the Tim Floyd moment because I turned to my room and I said, like, "Do you know who that is?" And just like you know, being a Pac 12 nerd, <laughs> he was like, "No, who?" And I was like, "That's the SC coach that basically like detonated oh. the whole of that school when he had OJ Mayo and paid him, and I think he paid Demar Derozan yeah. as well." Um, so. I just loved that. It was hilarious that that was the guy that they ever thought could replace one of, if not the best basketball coach of the modern era. Okay,
0: it feels good to end on a note where we're trashing Tim Floyd. That feels yeah, well. feels, <laughs> uh, that feels I feel full now. I feel satisfied. Um, that is going to do it for this episode of Boxed In. You can catch us every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Uh, please, you know the drill rate and review. Um, find us on Apple Podcasts. That is going to do it. We are out. It's no secret that our world has been interrupted. A World Interrupted is a daily podcast telling stories of coronavirus and its impact on the economy. So subscribe today on Apple Podcasts or wherever
2: you listen to podcasts.